Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This is Talksport Daily. Hello, Abby Bundy, my friends, and welcome, of course, to the first Andy Goldstein Talksport Daily podcast of the week. And we begin with reaction to England's friendly win over Romania at the Riverside, where we absolutely smashed them to pieces by a goal to nil. It was the last match for Gareth Southgate's men before the Euro start. This was the reaction on TalkSport to the game, not the fact it was Gareth Southgate's last game before the Euros. Stuttering run-up, right-footed, sends the keeper the wrong way, and England lead. It has not been a convincing performance by any stretch of the imagination. I'm really pleased with the, the sort of eight, nine days we've had. We've had a nice balance of the players forming that bond together again. The performances need to be better, but that's not unusual in these sort of warm-up games at all. You know, I've played in them, I've watched them from afar. It's a very familiar scenario. We're now looking forward to the preparation and getting the tournament underway. And cue a very angry Mark Saggers. There's a shock. This has been a really poor first half performance. We've not played with intensity. You're right. I mean, it was a struggle not to qualify for this European Championship and Romania couldn't qualify for this Championship. They're simply awful. And we've had 75-80% possession. Okay, flattered by hit with two, you know, chances that have hit the bar. Apart from that, they could be 3-0 up. Romania. I'm not sure they could be 3 0 up, but they've well, could have been. They've could asked have been if a they... few questions of our last third, and probably too many for our own good, and too I... many come last Wednesday what, as well. You, you let France have three or four chances like that. Marine on his right foot blazes over the bar, but there's always been this problem over the last two, three years. England's propensity to be unlocked by a counter attack, and Romania should have picked them off there. Yeah, I'm the, just disappointed. I'm disappointed with, you know, we're always being told again, you know, the squad is together it's as one we got some players but you know desperate to get into the team desperate to do this desperate to do that this whole period again seems to have not got us anywhere at the moment whatsoever I don't think they'll get beyond the quarters I think, I think they could well go out in the last 16 I think they'll get out of the group but I think they'll struggle in terms of if they win the group which I think they will do they're going to have to play either France Germany Portugal Portugal it's going to be tough that's tough 
But listen, listen, with the players, I think if Gareth gets it right, with the attacking players that they've got on that pitch, there's, there's no reason, because I think that, that front four, whoever he picks, can give anyone, can hurt anybody. It's just whether we can keep the balls up the net the other end. Yes, who's back? Jordan Henderson's never scored for England, but he's very sprightly manner gone and uh, retrieved the ball and spotted it down. And at the 59th time of asking, can he break his England duck? It's Jordan Henderson to double England's lead from the spots. Save! I'm delighted to be back. I am a little bit disappointed I didn't get on the score sheet, but I'm just happy to get through the 45 minutes well, and I'm just happy to be back in football. Jordan was gutted not to be on the score sheet, though. He's still waiting for that first England goal. Listen, it was an interesting decision by him to uh, to take the ball from Dominic. We would trust the, the captain to make the right decision there. I, if I was Dominic Calvert-Lewin, I'm not sure, as a centre forward I'd have let him have the ball oh Mings with the block Ivan what a save Sam Johnston best moment of his international career today that's a stunning stop and he keeps England's lead intact absolutely outstanding when people talk about these these games are irrelevant I'll tell you what Sam Johnston's put a marker down and said I'll tell you what I'm chasing the number one spot that was yeah. an outstanding performance proud moment it's something dreams are made of no one can ever take that away from me you work hard all your life for moments like this and to be honest you get quite emotional one that's worked with you along the years to get here for myself the work you've put in your family you know to walk out in an England shirt is unbelievable British taking it on goes down inside the box and it's a penalty to England you've got to find a way of getting Foden Mount and Grealish on the pitch at the same time I've just had a golden idea this has literally just come to me here we go play Declan Rice at the back started his career as a defender and then you can get those magic trio of Mount Foden and Grealish all in midfield so who who plays who holds Mount could hold no, he, yeah. but he's been playing all season for Chelsea. But if you've got a back three, effectively, you're almost playing Declan Rice yeah, as a sweeper. You've just said it, though. Rice ain't played centre-back for years. Probably your biggest decision, though, is going to be who is Trent Alexander-Arnold's replacement. You said you were open-minded about it, but had an idea who it might be. Are you any closer to making that decision, and when will you be able to tell us what that decision is? We'll announce that decision tomorrow. We're, we're pretty clear on what it's going to be. Does the player know? No, not at the moment, no. No, because players, we've still got players training behind me, as you can hear, and um, we've still got players uh, in the showers in the dressing room. So we'll, we'll let uh, the, the players know that tonight or tomorrow, and then we'll announce that to everybody else tomorrow. I think it should be Ben White, because he has the versatility to play at right back, as we saw the other day. It's not something he's done an awful lot. I don't think he would be called upon if necessary, but he can play anywhere across the centre-half positions. I thought he looked quite assured. I thought he had a good, steady, uh, steady game, comfortable on the ball. I mean, he's club football. They're, they're used to dealing with a ball at Brighton and international level. You're expected to do that, but certainly uh, quite impressed with him, I've got to say. And it has been agreed that the players would take the knee, and you heard the reaction again. The players' message unanimous and unwavering that there is no room for racism, a message in which they rightly believe, despite another adverse reaction from an element of their support. And I know that your manager has said that once the tournament starts, that's it, no more questions on, on the booing and the taking of the knee, but we heard it again. As players, how difficult is that? Can you just block it out completely? For me, it's nonsense, you know. Um, regardless of what people think, we're still going to continue to take the knee, and that's the way it'll be. On now to Steve Clark, Scotland, who beat the mighty Luxembourg, thrashed them, hammered them to man Luxembourg, I hasten to add, by a goal to nil. 
plays it to Shea Adams, Adams with a shot through the goalkeeper and Shea Adams scores his second Scotland goal. Great service coming from both flanks. Strikers, you, you look at Lyndon Dykes, Che Adams, from some fantastic opportunities that on another night they, you wouldn't argue if they both had a couple of braces as well. We're in a good place, two defeats in 16 games. Freshness in the squad with the young boys, they've come in, they've all done well, they've, they've taken part in the group, they've, they've taken part well in the training, they've, they've made contributions, they've got their own, they've got their caps now. Welcome into the group. It's a little bit of pressure on the more senior ones that, that are there and things are looking good and you see the togetherness when there is an incident on the pitch, we're all there, we're all together, on and off the pitch. So how will Scotland fare at this summer's Euros? Let's ask TalkSport's very own Jose Jose Mourinho who, of course, was Chelsea manager when Steve Clarkie Clark was his assistant. In this moment, Scotland has a nucleus of players that they are important players in the Premier League and playing in important clubs in the Premier League. You look to, to Tierney, Arsenal, Robertson, Liverpool, McTominay, uh, Manchester United. Then you have still other players... Uh, Aston Villa, Southampton, they are a, a Premier League level team and now they are coming. I wish them the best. I know that other good teams in the group, but maybe can be England first and, uh, and Scotland second. I think they will, they will be um, a team not candidate, of course, to the title, not even to semi-finals, I believe. But I believe that is going to be very hard to beat them. And staying with Jose Jose, he believes that Wales can't rely on Gareth Bale to win them games at the Euros. We'll hear from Tony Cascarino as well, but first up, the special one. Bale to finish it, he's running all the way through, he's hit the post, he's put in the rebound. Then over the years they rely a lot on, on Gareth Bale and uh, Ramsey, probably the two most talented players of, uh, of the country. But when I look to the season, how many matches Ramsey played, uh, when we look to... Um, uh, to Garrett, um, how many great performances he had, how many goals he scored against the best teams. Not many or none. I think clearly uh, not easy situation for a country that doesn't have many options. I think Josie's got a point for this season. If you're going to go over the years and the best teams, Gareth did it regularly from Madrid against some of the best teams, scored goals and, you know, I can remember his at-trip for Spurs, uh, you know, against Inter Milan when he, they were a really good side. And so he's done it. He has done it against the very best. He's just not done it this season. Now, Aston Villa have shown real intent by securing a club record deal for Norwich star Emi Buendia, ahead of a rival in Arsenal. So says Villa legend Gabby Agbon Lahore. This was Gabby on Saturday night's kickoff. I think it's a great signing and to have beaten Arsenal to him even makes it um, a bit better because it just shows that Villa are a big club and he wants to come and take Villa to the next level. The exciting thing for me is that now you can have Jack Greenish off the left and you can have maybe Al Ghazi or Traore off the right. All three of them producing chances for Watkins who scored 14 Premier League goals. Next season I think you'll get more. So he just starts to make Aston Villa have more options and look more exciting and a player like Jack Grealish. He wants to play players like um, Brendua. He's that sort of player as well. I've seen him play for Norwich. Mm. Get one-twos, pop it off, mate runs in behind. So for me it's an outstanding signing and to get that done now before the start of pre-season would be perfect. Now, last week, you'll recall that Spurs were set to appoint Antonio Conte as their new manager. Well, would you believe it? 
that's not happening now. So that means Conte's not going. Pochettino looks like he's not going either. Brendan Rodgers has said no, as has Julian Nagelsmann. Frank Lampard, where would something be for him? Curbs apparently was in the running till Glenn Hoddle's name came up and then left. And uh, it looks like Brian, who used to work on the front desk at the old Talk Sport Towers, has also turned them down, which is a shame because Brian knew how to play a good back three. Anyway, they should appoint a club legend in Jurgen Klinsmann, according to Big Tony Cascarino. He's a very intelligent man. He had a huge success with Germany. Um, Bielsa was one that I knew they wouldn't get, but that, was, to me, would have been their ultimate choice. I think it'd have been great for them mm. um, because he's happy at Leeds, and rightly so, he's achieved a lot. But Jurgen Klinsmann would be, I think, a really smart move because he was adored by the fans. And Jurgen Klinsmann has put Tottenham ahead. His first goal since his return. He had a big impact in Germany when, and people might go, oh, it went pear-shaped for him and Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich was in a terrible state at the time when he took them and didn't last very long. I think he could be a viable option for Spurs. And it's a risky one, but don't tell me any guarantee comes with a manager. The guarantee was Jose Mourinho. Well, that didn't pan out very well, did it? On now to fight night where Daniel Dubois won his comeback fight against Bogdan Dinu for the WBA World Interim Heavyweight title on TalkSport. What does that even mean? After the fight, Dubois and his promoter Frank Warren spoke to Adam Catchell and Gareth Arthur Davis. Big right hand from Dubois and Dinu. He's dumped onto his back on the left-hand side of the ring. Marcus McDonald counting over him. He hauls himself to a couple of knees and then the referee waves it over. That was a punishing right hand. Obviously, I've been around a long time, but I've seen guys who haven't come back and they've not got over it. And that is the mark of the man. And the mark of the man tonight was that he was that pressure, he dealt with it. Those doubters, he, he shut them up and he'd done what he had to do. And when he does it, nobody does it better. I mean, he's a phenomenal, phenomenal disruptive puncher and not many people can take that power. You no, know, I'm back in the rhythm now and I want to get some tests and win some big bouts and have some great fights that the crowd will remember and I'll go, on, go down in history as a great. That's it. Thanks for listening on the TalkSport app or wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm back on my show, Andy Goldstein Sports Bar, on TalkSport tonight from 10pm alongside the moon-faced, the fun boy, Jason Cundy. There will, of course, be another one of these Andy Goldstein TalkSport daily podcasts out first thing tomorrow morning, so do what you've got to do to get it. Until then, thanks for listening, and above all, have a great day. And more importantly, be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from TalkSport. 